this has never happened before. The Jags got my top two players overall because they got Jalen Ramsey at five, and then they got Miles Jack in the second round. We're sitting there on Friday night when this happens, and my producer is like, did this really just happen? Did they get the top two players on your board? It's the future. Down in distance. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Down and Distance. Jared Payton alongside my man Sean Davis, SD2Mikes on Twitter. I'm at Payton Sun, P A Y T O N S U N on Twitter. It's we got football, man. I know the draft just left here, Chicago, and everybody is still in buzzes about what the Bears have done and what has kind of transpired over all the NFL teams. So only right to bring in one of our good guys in onto the podcast. Matt Miller covers the NFL draft, NFL lead writer for Bleacher Report in with us. Matt, what's going on, man? You good? I'm good, man. Trying to trying to get caught up. And what's funny is I'm already working on next year. So it's, uh, you know, this process never, ever, ever stops. I know it's kind of crazy to see where, you know, you look back at, at the day when it was, you know, maybe one person, Mel Kuyper, whoever, just kind of covering this. And now everybody mock drafts everywhere. People are trying to figure out who's going where. It's kind of like a crapshoot, but a great time. I think we have to kind of start out when we look at the draft and going one and two, the quarterbacks. When you look at Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, which one of these quarterbacks do you feel is going to have the better NFL career? Well, I've always been a bigger fan of Jared Goff. I just think that, you know, I go back to the quarterback position. I want accuracy and poise, like more than I want, like a big athlete. Like, I think you look at what has worked over the past 20 years in the NFL, accuracy usually wins out over a stronger arm. Uh, So I like Jared Goff in that way. I also think that a, a disservice was really done to him throughout this draft process. We didn't talk enough about how intelligent this kid is. And I don't know if it's because, People didn't make the time to get to know him or they didn't ask around, you know, like talking to his coaches, talking to his teammates. But I talked to three of his receivers. I talked to his quarterback's coach, his offensive coordinator. I talked to him. And, like, I mean, this kid is very, very intelligent. And I think that he's going to be able to step right in and and take that starting quarterback job in L.A. And and I do feel like he has the better traits, the better football IQ, all the necessary tools to be – a true franchise quarterback for a long, long time. What about the detractors that look at his winning percentage at Cal and then talk about him not being able to elevate that program? That kills me. That drives me crazy. Uh, and I've, I've fought that fight with a lot of fans, a lot of guys who played in the NFL, which is what kills me. It's like his defense at Cal was one of the worst in the country. So his winning percentage, I don't feel like it's his. That was Cal's winning percentage while he was the quarterback. It, it's really, un- I think, to put – all the pressure of a win and a loss on a quarterback when his defense was routinely ranked like 85th, 86th in the country. And they were scoring 30 points a game and, and having to play shootouts. So I, I think that he, he inherited a 111 program. And at one point in 2015, they were one of the best teams on the field uh, until the defense and the offensive line really started to break down. So I, I would almost say that it's a credit to him that that team was so awful in terms of talent and they were able to make it to a bowl game and play Air Force because they had no business being a, one of the teams in a bowl after this past year. Yeah, you look at just the the impact, a lot of people talking about both these quarterbacks. There's something to me about Carson Wentz that I I don't know. I just see where 
where this NFL is going and where the quarterback position is going, a guy that is, you know, super mobile. I know maybe not seeing him do it on the big scale against big-time college talent, but, you know, you talk to a lot of people, Matt, who were at the Senior Bowl and said that this guy came in and took control over, you know, the receivers and were, you know, talking about running routes with guys that he didn't have a lot of connection with or playing with but came in and showed that he could have he has a big time arm and he can play in big time games yeah I was there and he was very very impressive I mean he did a great job of being a leader of of throwing you know on some cold rainy windy days his arm was impressive I think that you know there's this thing that I believe it's called the senior bowl crush when you go down there and you see a guy and you're like oh my god like this is it this is what we've all been looking for And, and sometimes those practices, you know, in a, a padded situation without a live defense, a guy can look really, really good. And I like Carson Wentz, too. Listen, I give him the same grade that I give Marcus Mariota. I'm a big fan of his potential. I do think that it might be smart for some people to pump the brakes a little bit, like comparing him to Andrew Luck and John Elway and Tom Brady, because the one thing that, that I always was like my yeah but with Carson Wentz was his timing just wasn't very good from the pocket at North Dakota state. So I really hope that's something that Doug Peterson and the staff there can speed up for him because I, I just felt like if you're slow there, you're probably going to be slow in the NFL and that could be bad. So getting the ball out faster, you know, he, yes, he has a wide base when he throws, I'm not going to kill a kid for that because it's fixable, but getting the ball out faster, not having tunnel vision, those would be the two things that I would really want to work on with him, you know, between now and whenever he takes that starting job. Talking with Matt Miller here on Down and Distance from Bleacher Report. It, yeah, I'm going to stick with the quarterbacks, though, man, because we, we got to. There's Paxton Lynch. When you look at him, when will he be on the football field for Denver? Man, it might be right away. You know, It really might be, which is crazy because you know he was kind of the afterthought throughout this whole thing. They trade up to get him, and if the competition is going to be Mark Sanchez and Trevor Simeon, I think he's going to get on the field pretty early. I mean – he can do some things with the ball that the Mark Sanchez just can't do. Um, you know, he's, he is that big athlete. Like you were saying, where the NFL is going, it's going to guys like Paxton Lynch, who are 6'7", 245. They can run. They can make things happen out of the pocket. And they have the arm strength to really push the ball vertically. And I think in Denver, you have that great defense. You have some amazing targets at receiver, tight ends. You've got an improving offensive line. You have capable running backs. You could get by with a guy like that. Let him learn. Kind of like Ben Roethlisberger did his rookie year where it was like, and he's going to start and he's going to take us to a Super Bowl, but it's going to be the running game and the defense who really get you there. But you're getting his feet wet. You're getting him experience in some big-time situations. So I wouldn't be shocked if, if Gary Kubiak and John Elway just fall in love with this kid once he gets in the building and they just say, you know what? This is our guy. Let's go with it. Paxton Lynch might not know what he's up against because I've seen Mark Sanchez do some things with the football that I've never seen a quarterback do. <laughs> You know what? I I hope that Mark Sanchez wins that job and has like the career redemption because I've always really enjoyed like talking to him. I think he's very intelligent. Like he's kind of got a bad rap as being this like, oh, he's too laid back. He doesn't care enough. Like nothing would make me happier than seeing Mark Sanchez turn it around and go win a Super Bowl because I mean, he is like a a truly deserving player and and he's kind of got a bad rap here. But usually the things that he does with the football ends up in a negative play for his team. I want to go to the trials of Connor Cook because a lot of people were down on this kid. He ended up going to Oakland. And the issue with him not being the captain, 
the senior year. Is that overblown, or is that something that teams really felt like was a red flag for this guy? It was a huge red flag for this guy. And it wasn't just that he wasn't a captain. It was the, why aren't you a captain? You're a four-year starter at Michigan State, at quarterback, and you're not a captain? Like, that's a pretty big deal. And I know a lot of fans wanted to come at guys like myself who, you know, before the draft, you don't want to just unload on a player. Um, now that the, now that, he's, now that the draft has come and gone, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't find one person who, who had anything positive to say about the guy. They just said, you know, listen, he's not a worker. He has a Hollywood attitude. He, you know, feels like he was – he came in here and he was the man. He was the big man on campus. And I don't think that, at least from what I've been told, his teammates just never respected him because he didn't take the job seriously. Um, you know, and I think from an NFL perspective, you hear those things and it's like, okay, well, this kid's not like a great quarterback. Like his accuracy was, you know, in the 50 percentile. He doesn't have a strong arm. He's not a great athlete. He was productive and they did win a lot of games, but – you know, when do you roll the dice on a guy who's really not well liked by his teammates and doesn't have great athletic traits? I thought he was the same guy as AJ McCarron, who oddly enough went in the fourth round two years ago. You know, really productive, winning quarterback, rubs a lot of people the wrong way, doesn't have elite athletic traits. So where do you draft him? It, it looks to be that's about the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, you start to look at these quarterbacks, man, and it. I don't know, for everybody that talked about this year, and I heard a lot of people up in arms, you start to look at teams who got better. And Sean and I were talking about this. You look at the AFC South, and, I mean, got better in, just in this draft for the future. How, how impressed were you with looking at what the Jags did? And it's just amazing to look at where that division is headed. It really is. This has never happened before. The Jags got my top two players overall because they got Jalen Ramsey at five, and then they got Miles Jack in the second round. So we're sitting there on Friday night when this happens, and my producer is like, did this really just happen? Did they get the top two players on your board? And it's like, yeah, like I, I don't even know what to say about this. Like, this is amazing. So the Jags got a lot better. Um, you know, Obviously, I think Miles Jack will be on the field right away, but I liked what they did, uh, you know, in round three. They got Yannick Ngakwe. They got a good pass rusher. Sheldon Day from Notre Dame is a good interior pass rusher. And I really like Brandon Allen from Arkansas as a backup quarterback there. So I, I thought Jacksonville had a good draft. I was so happy that the Colts finally addressed the offensive line and really threw a lot of picks at it. You know, you get Ryan Kelly, who I said he was the best center that I had ever evaluated. You get LaRaven Clark, who has, you know, good upside as a, a tackle. Joe Haig. Another guy could play guard, could play tackle. Like they threw some picks at the offensive line, which was very, very much needed there. So the Colts getting a healthy Andrew Luck back is the big thing. But what they did on the O line is huge. When you go to Houston, they just added speed. It was like Will Fuller, Braxton Miller, Tyler Irvin. It was just like they're adding three guys who can take it to the house every time they touch it. But then they bolstered the middle of the field with Nick Martin, the center from Notre Dame, and then DJ Reader, the nose tackle from Clemson. So I thought they had a, a really good draft as well. And and, you know, it's funny because all these teams, like, no one is going to run away with this division. I think it's very much wide open right now. So you look at the drafts that the people had. And, I mean, at in Tennessee, I didn't think they had, like, a home run draft. But they got four or five guys who are going to play really early on for them. Going back to the beginning of last college football season and the top 10 or top 20 players that you had rated, have you ever seen a draft flipped on his head? whether it's social media issues or injuries unforeseen to Miles Jack and to Jalen Smith, to whereas a year ago it looked totally different than what ended up happening last week. Yeah, no, never. Because 
uh, I actually went back and looked at my rankings a year ago. A lot of the quarterbacks that we were betting on a year ago at this time were guys like Christian Hackenberg, who, you know, had had like that great freshman season and he had a bad sophomore season. And it was like, man, if he bounces back, this kid's going to be good. So I, I definitely bet on him making that comeback that he didn't make. But looking at the top 10, it was like Robert Kimdiche, who probably would have been a top 10 pick if it weren't for the hotel incident where he fell out of the window. Laramie Tunsil, like you said, social media gets hacked. He falls to 13. Jalen Smith would have been the top player in the class. Freak injury in the Fiesta Bowl. The last game of his career, he gets hurt, falls to the second round. Miles Jack gets hurt, falls to the second round. You know, Cardell Jones was a player a year ago. A lot of people were talking about because he'd had those three great games. He gets benched and falls to, what, the fourth, fifth round? So there are definitely some guys where some brought it on themselves. Some brought, you know, some it was injury. Others, it was poor play. But uh, looking at a year ago, you know, from the top 25 or 30 that I had ranked, quite a few of those guys went round one, but there were definitely some big surprises from guys who fell. Talking with Matt Miller here on Down the Distance. Miller, you got to tell me, man, where was your guy Zeke at on your, your your board? Because to me, I mean, you look at probably a great fit, and that is a great fit for him to go to the Cowboys. I mean, with that offensive line, you're looking at a guy that can come in right away and kind of change the dynamics of that Cowboys offense. Yeah, I love it. I know it's not getting a lot of love out uh, on, on the Internet and, and when you watch ESPN or NFL Network, but I love it because I, I think taking pressure off of Tony Romo is a smart thing. Uh, I had him as a top, I think, six player in last year's draft, so I was a really big fan of his, his talent regardless of position. I think sometimes you just have to boil it down and be like, who's the best football player here? And, and I thought that Jerry Jones said something really interesting that Jalen Ramsey was the other guy they were considering. Teams could throw away from Jalen Ramsey. You can give Ezekiel Elliott the ball 25 times a game, and he could be a difference maker. So he's a true three-down back, great runner, great receiver. I thought he was also the best blocking back in this year's draft class. So just a lot of talent, a lot of potential there. And you're not going to have to wait. Like, he's your day one starter. He's going to be the man in that offense. And, you know, Jerry Jones is, is you know, having vision of Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and Michael Irvin with the talent that he has there on offense right now. Yeah, you look at just – I said this before – Miller, I thought, man, listen, you, you bring in a running back like that, this prolongs uh, the career of a Tony Romo not having to throw the football and hopefully a healthy Tony Romo down the line. Another running back, a guy that won the Heisman, didn't get a lot of love. People weren't really talking about him because they were talking about Zeke, but that's Derrick Henry going to my old team, the Titans. How do you see him and DeMarco Murray kind of coexisting in that backfield and in that meeting room? Well, I actually didn't love this pick. I thought it was early for Derrick Henry, um, which that's a, a whole nother conversation, I'm sure. But to have him there with DeMarco Murray, I kind of feel like they're the same guy a little bit. You know, they're these, you know, one-cut runners. Both are, are very high-cut guys, kind of one speed without, you know, great breakaway potential. So it was a surprise for me. I understand the allure of the potential and the production that he had, but I just think that he's going to have a hard time acclimating to the NFL where – those holes that he ran through at Alabama are not going to be there. Like they're going to close up real fast against NFL speed. Um, looking at what he had in front of him, some of those offensive linemen at Alabama are going to be first round picks. One of them was Ryan Kelly, the center. So there was a lot of, a lot of talent on his side of the ball and not a lot of talent on the other side with some of those games that he played in. So I worry about him. Um, I gave him ultimately a round three grade. So I was pretty surprised to see him go that early. Wow. Heisman. 
round three. It's crazy. Matt, it's crazy when you think about it. You think of a guy and what it takes to be the best in college football and to win that Heisman and what all that means. And then once you get to the draft, you know, you really – I mean, teams and scouts, and, and they start really breaking down your game to – it's not just about what you do. The, the NFL game is But is think different. about this. We're talking about a highly touted guy out of high school. Yes. Right? The only reason he didn't start as a freshman is because who was in front of him. Right? Yes. Now, fast forward to the national championship game this year. Yeah. We have a kid that had an okay career at Clemson and had a fantabulous semifinal and national championship title game in Kevin Dodd, and he goes before the Heisman winner. Amen. Just think about that. Yeah, it tells you it tells you a lot about the NFL that yeah. production isn't that important. It's more about what can you do, not what did you do. You know, it's it is it's a weird system because in every other sport you're like, you know, Kevin Durant scored thirty points and had ten rebounds a game at Texas. Obviously, he's going to be good. But you look at someone like Derrick Henry, and it's like there are so many factors that go into how did he have that production. You know, he had a ton of carries. Uh, what kind of competition did he go against? Not just in the SEC, which was down this past year, but in that out-of-conference schedule, and definitely a lot goes into it. And that's why there's like a a 40% hit rate on draft picks is because maybe sometimes we overthink it, sometimes we underthink it. And I think he's going to be one of the most interesting guys from this draft bus to follow because you you either loved him or you hated him, I felt like. There wasn't a whole lot of in-between. So a lot of folks are going to be right. A lot of folks are going to be wrong when it comes to him. Do you think that he was impacted by the success or lack of success in the NFL from previous Alabama running backs? You know, that's not supposed to play into it, but I think it does. You know, it's it, one thing I was told early on was you scout the player, not the helmet. And I think it was Charlie Castle. told me that probably a decade ago. And that always stuck with me. But I, I think when you get to the NFL, a lot of these guys, they look at trends. And so you talk about Alabama running backs, Wisconsin running backs, you know, it, carry it down further. Baylor wide receivers, Oregon running backs. A lot of these systems just don't produce uh, sustainable NFL talent. Now we'll see if Eddie Lacy is you know back in shape. He might be a thousand yard back every year. I thought TJ Yeldon was a pretty good back in that 2015 draft class. So there might be some exceptions to that old Alabama rule. But you know, obviously, Trent Richardson has been a massive bust. Mark Ingram has had you know like one good year. He hasn't been worthy of a top round pick. So there are definitely questions about Alabama, about that scheme, about the wear and tear that Nick Saban puts on a lot of his athletes, and just how well those guys can hold up in the pros. I definitely think that's all a big part of it.